It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Good morning, Alexis. It's a beautiful day. (laughs) Today's a great day. No fighting, no yelling in the morning. No drama. It was like awesome. And you know what? You got to celebrate those days because guess what? They are very few and far between in this household. I I yelled this morning, so I'm not going to celebrate for me, but I'm still in a great mood. I'm vibing. Me too. I I woke up with... um, a new song in my head like I do every morning. What was the song today? Well, it was This Is How We Roll. Oh, country. Okay. Country. Picking up what you're but putting down. But then after that, we that was like a slow start to the morning. Like everyone's still asleep. And it's like not really loud blasting in the house. And then it's Friday. That song comes it's on. It's Friday night. Okay, yeah, I get it. And my, my kids are like so annoyed with me. But, you know, I think the music made them happy. Yeah. No fights. Music makes everyone happy, and that's kind of like a perfect little segue into my um, episode today. But first, do you want to know what song has been just uh, like locked in my head for at least 24 hours? What? That new Cold Heart remix, the Elton John like one. It is so freaking good. Okay. I'm going to have to add it to my Spotify. You know what's going to happen is like you are going to forget that I told you that. And then a year from now, you're gonna be like, Melissa, have you heard about this song? And I'll be like, oh my God, kind of like watermelon sugar. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But whatever. Well, you know what? Okay. Cold heart. I'll add it to my. Make sure you get the remix. It is so money. Okay. Alexis, I'm taking you on a trip. Do you want to know where we're going? Where are we going? We're going in the way back machine. Okay. Okay, Where are we going back to? We're going to play a little game. I'm going to name a few songs, and I want you to guess what year they came out or like were released. Okay. Okay? Guess at the end, because they're all the same year. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Christina Aguilera, Genie in a Bottle. Okay. Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. Okay. Ricky Martin, Livin' La Vida Loca. Smash Mouth, All Star. And Destiny's Child, Bills, Bills, Bills. Name the year. I want to say 2001. Ooh, why? Like, tell me, you need to give me a little context. I don't know. I'm just picturing myself where I was listening to those songs. And I think I was in my dorm. Okay, it was 1999. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So you were in high school? Yeah, senior Awesome. You're probably driving. Well, actually, as a junior, I graduated in 2000, but I was driving my Honda Civic listening to those songs. And you were listening to those songs on CDs. Yeah. We all were. And guess what? What? After this, we can go into my attic and take a picture of my CD book that I still have. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We totally need to. Well, remember how much money we used to spend on CDs and then before that, like cassette tapes? Like, I remember I had a visor, like CD holder. Is that what you had? No, I have like a book. It's- okay. I had like a visor one in my Nissan Altima that I shared with my sister. And she had her collection on one visor. I had mine because our music like was totally different. And I probably had like 20 CDs and they cost like, let's say 15 bucks on average. 
that's a lot of money for like a 16 year old. Oh yeah. And did you ever make CDs for your boyfriends? Oh my God. Mixtapes. Oh, well, yes. I got that. There's like this thing you could print out and it was a sticker. So yeah. you could like design the cover of your CD. Same. Every and- crush, every boyfriend that was like, I would spend hours making music and then I feel like they'd be like, thanks. So yeah, I mean, I had a ton of CDs and then I would make them for boyfriends. They would make them for me. It was like the thing that you did. Yeah, I had like the car mix, the party mix, the love boat mix. (laughs) Probably not love boat boat. mix. I can't wait to hear what's on that one. Oh my God, embarrassing. Yeah, well, I mean, think about how we listen to music today. Like how different it is. Like I don't own any physical CDs. I mean, maybe like I have some in a closet from forever ago, but like, do you buy CDs? No. No. But you know what the sad thing to me is? Because sometimes you don't, like again, on all those CDs, which so fun is like if you put them in, you're like, oh, I remember that song. But oftentimes you would spend $15 for one song. You had to buy the whole CD. CD. There was no way just to access one song. Like you could buy the single like yeah. CD or cassette tape for like four bucks, but like still, it was rare. Like you often bought the entire CD. So yeah. you spent a lot of money. Yeah, you also like supported the artists and all the things, but it was a little inconvenient. And think about where we're at now. I mean, what music platform do you use? I mean, I use Spotify, but my other favorite thing is Shazam. Like when I hear a song and I just like put the Shazam on and yeah. I can listen to it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm surprised Spotify hasn't like had that built in yet. I know. It's, it's weird to me, but I also use Spotify and I pay for premium. I also have Apple music and I think I have Pandora. Like I somehow have all of them. Oh my God. But Spotify is the one I choose to listen to. I just feel like they know me. It's like a customized experience. I get on, there's like new playlists and I'm like, how did you know Spotify? Like that my mood today is like, crazy psycho vibes and like party and I know and I love the playlist like the happy mood the dinner with friends there's like so many cool like pre-created playlists oh it's amazing and they're all customized like they pop up at the perfect times and a premium Spotify subscription costs like around 10 bucks a month yeah as much as you would pay less than you would pay 20 years ago for one One CD CD. and you're renting the music but You also have the option just to listen for free. Like people don't have to have a Spotify subscription as long as you're willing to put up with the ads and maybe not have access to like all the music, you can still get access for free, which is crazy. Like think about before you had the radio, you could like listen to the radio. But can you make playlists for free? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can do all of it for free. You can literally think of any song practically in the universe like any song that you want to hear at this moment, you can type it in and it pops up and you can play it. Like, have you crazy? Yes, my kids do that. And we've heard the macaroni song, the chicken finger song. I mean, chicken wing. Well, there's the chicken finger too. Trust me. Oh Lord. It's horrible. Well, it's just, it's insane that we don't, have to buy a CD anymore and we don't have to sit. Remember when you used to like listen to the radio, you'd pop in your mixtape and you would wait for like three hours for the song you requested to come on before you hit record. And then like you might have accidentally gone to the bathroom like in that 30 seconds and you missed it and it's like your whole clock starts. So like that, those days are long gone. Our kids will never have to do that. I know, it's crazy. It is so crazy. And so today I want to talk about Spotify because I think it's insane how they've totally transformed how we consume music and not only like how we consume, but how they've turned their users into marketers for them. Okay. I'm excited. But before we dive into Spotify and all those cool campaigns that they've done like to really capture music lovers everywhere, 
I do want to go back to 99, like the reason I started you there. Okay. Because in 99, there was a launch of a new peer-to-peer music sharing website that attracted millions of teenagers who were like, I'm done spending the 15 bucks on a CD and I want to now download free MP3s online. Oh my gosh. Do you remember? Napster. Yes, Napster. So in 99, when you were rolling around in that Honda Civic with your rims and your black lipstick, <laughs> blasting music from your favorite CDs, I don't know. What were you listening to in 99? Like what, what was your genre? Was it hip hop? It was like dirty rap. <laughs> it was like Master P and Outkast and Snoop and like Timberlim and Magoo and all those crazy Ashanti Oh, oh my I, God. I was ghetto. You were. I like it. I'm uh, Lindsay. And I had Lindsay, two, I hope you're listening. And Lindsay, I had two tens in the back of my car too. So it was like, boom, boom. Oh it God. was like awesome. Well, I'm so embarrassed for my high school self. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, picture yourself back there. Okay. That was the year that Napster came out and really started gaining traction. I mean, Napster was marketed as like pioneering peer-to-peer file sharing software service And it had an emphasis on digital audio file distribution. So you could like share music from computer to computer in an MP3 format. Did you use Napster? Yeah. And I got in so much trouble because I remember Rick would get so pissed because he would uninstall it. Everyone, by the way, likes to blame me for breaking computer shit. And it's not me. It's like not at all. So, but yeah, he I get in so much trouble because I would download it on the family computer and it would always somehow crash and it would be, he'd be like, it's Napster. It's illegal downloads, you know, whatever. So yeah, I downloaded a bunch of them. <laughs> and like, it was a huge deal. Everyone was downloading music on Napster, like in our age group, right? Yeah. It's the first time people didn't have to purchase like tangible media, like we said, like a CD or cassette tape to listen to music because they could just download the MP3 file and get it for free. And like you said, I remember sitting at like the communal computer. Did you have a communal computer? Yeah. Like in the kitchen. So like everyone could peer over your shoulder. Well, mine was upstairs because I would always be on AOL, you know, instant messenger. So it was somewhere where they could like peek over my shoulder to see what I was doing. Totally. And I would spend hours sitting there like attempting to download music on Napster and it would take forever. Like, oh yeah. Do you remember like one song could take like a hours, day? Like damn dial up. Like how the hell did we live? I was earlier complaining about how slow my computer was moving with my 57 windows open. Can you imagine if we had dial up? I remember dial up. It would like the phone would like dial and you'd wait and you're like, damn it, didn't catch yet. Well, anyways, getting music off the internet like before Napster was not easy. Actually, it was pretty impossible unless you were like a super techie nerd. Um, There's actually a documentary about Napster. It's called Downloaded. And one of the users who's interviewed in it talks about how he had like friends who would spend, I love how he said friends, it's probably him. (laughs) He had friends who would spend 14 hours trying to get a butthole surfer song offline. And it would fail like every time and they would say like 14 hours for butthole surfers, pick a better band. Oh my God. But like Napster actually is interesting how it was birthed. I just have to share this. It literally was birthed in the most like iconic pre-millennium way that people were meeting. Okay. How, just guess. How do you think it was like concepted? On chat? Yes. In a chat room. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) That's the other thing. We would join those weird chat rooms. I know. Sometime in like 1998, there was a guy with the username Napster and he revealed to those in the chat room at the time, and I couldn't find what the chat room was, 
that he'd been working on a piece of software to fix like the music problem. Like he wanted to create a software that would allow you to like share music computer to computer and download it for free. Okay. So in the chat room, people were not really buying it. They're like, that's not really going to work. But there was one guy, his name was Sean Parker, and he was an aspiring entrepreneur who was at the ripe old age of 18. Oh my God. <laughs> and he was kind of like an odd kid, like a little bit of a hacker. And he was like, I like this idea. I think it could work. So he started chatting up with this Napster guy and they finally met in person and comes to find out the guy whose screen name was Napster was Sean Fanning and he was 17. Oh, so he interesting. Was an 18 year old and a 17 year old. And you know how he earned the nickname Napster? How? Because he would take lots of naps? <laughs> no, his nappy hair. Like, oh my God. That's he like funny. shaved his head and it was funky and weird. And he, like a basketball rival, like started calling him Napster and everyone called him Napster. Oh my God. So that's like how the whole thing Crazy. was named. Then just four short months after these guys built it and they actually launched it, it's now June of 99, 150,000 people had signed up. Oh my God. That totally validated that like people wanted this on-demand music. And then by February 01, it peaked with about 60 million users. Oh my God. is that crazy? I had no idea it was that big. I didn't know it was that big either. And Napster was really attractive for customers because like, why would you want to pay for something, especially when you're a teenager, that you can get for free? Yeah. And equally, it was totally catastrophic for record companies and artists who were used to making like millions of dollars from selling CDs and tapes. Yeah. And I mean, long story short, I think you know how this all ends, but Napster shut down. I mean, they quickly got sued by record labels and big artists, most notably Metallica, who took Napster to court after finding an alternative mix to their song, I Disappear, like on the platform. And it was a version that had never been released. Oh my God. So they were pissed. So, so how'd they get all this music? I mean, it was peer-to-peer -peer sharing. Oh so like- God. You relied on other people. It was just you like- You had to a, be their friend to get the- Not lip. even a friend, I don't think. I don't remember, actually. Yeah, it's I don't so remember. long ago. But like, you could just search for a song, but like, you had to open up your your computer files to be able to use it. I'm pretty sure you had to share to be able to get other music, yeah. you know? But anyways, Napster could not afford to stay alive. I mean, after all the lawsuits, it just it was super illegal what they were doing, clearly. Yeah. So by June of 2002, they filed for bankruptcy, and they like- were bought out by someone else and it just, they faded away, right? So yeah. good thing is they died and we're not here to talk about Napster. Yeah. <laughs> what we're here to talk about is the fact that they failed was kind of awesome for the rest of the music industry because they sparked something that inspired other entrepreneurs and like just companies to think about how can we do something that's more legit in this like music sharing World, world. Yeah. world. Like, how can we take this concept and and just make it better? And Spotify did it. I mean, were they, they the first or Pandora? No, they. Were, I don't think they were the first, but like they really revolutionized it and made it so customized. So they're the ones, and they're the biggest. Yeah. They're winning, like far and wide. What's their valuation? Are they like a billion? Oh, they're huge. Fifty-four billion dollars. Oh my today God. is their valuation. So. Spotify was actually founded in Stockholm, Sweden in 06 by Swedish entrepreneurs Daniel Ek and Martin Lorenzen. But it didn't launch until two years later in 08. Like it took some time, yeah. right, to get it up and running. And Ek knew that he'd never be able to legislate away from piracy. Like you, he couldn't just steal music. Like they yeah. had to find a legit way to do this. And he knew there was a way to like legally create a service that was better than piracy 
but that also like compensated the music industry okay. to like create kind of a win-win situation. And that concept became Spotify. So through Spotify, we're essentially renting songs. Like we don't own Jack. Yeah. We just search, play, and it's like there for us to borrow for as long as we like the song. Right? Well, you, can d- you can download it, can't you? You can download playlists. That might only be a premium feature. Premium, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. But like you can't share it. It's not like an MP3 on your phone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you have the playlist to play, but like where- You can't share the files. You can share the playlist, but like you can't individually send a file in some other format. Yeah. You know what I mean? It all stays within Spotify. So from $4.99 to $15.99 a month or like free with ads like we talked about, users can access a catalog of over 70 million different songs and a wide range of specially curated playlists, podcasts, and shows. And today, Spotify is not only the biggest music streaming service in 2021, it also is the world's most popular audio streaming service. So they got into the podcast space like I think it was about five years ago or maybe, maybe a little bit less than that. And they had intentions to be like the number one audio company in the world. Wow. And they're kind of doing it. I mean, they have a library of over 70 million songs and they have 3.2 million podcasts available for anyone. Yeah. They have 381 million users, including 172 million subscribers across 184 markets. And like I said earlier, they're valued at $54 $54 billion. Oh my gosh. I mean, gosh. hands down, Spotify has transformed music listening. Oh yeah. And I mean, I listen to, there's like little daily mentor clips that you can listen or like motivational clips. Oh, there's it's anything. Just like so you, cool. You can find anything. Yeah. The valuation, like obviously is super impressive, but like what's even crazier is their monthly active user growth is bananas. In 2015, Spotify had 68 million monthly active users. And in 2021, they have more than 380 million. Oh my God. Like, I'm pretty shitty at math, but I think that's That's like a 450% like growth rate in six years. Yeah. Wow. Spotify like owns basically 36% of the entire global streaming industry. And Apple is a competitor and Apple's freaking huge. Yeah. So like to own that much of it and to be seen as way cooler than like Apple music is, that's hard. I don't know why. I feel like Spotify is more user-friendly than Apple music. I think it is too. And it's way more customized and we'll talk about how and why. So now I want to get into some of the cool campaigns that Spotify has unveiled over the years. So like obviously keep us interested and keep us on their platform because there's a million competitors now. I mean, Jay-Z has Tidal. I mean, we have Apple Music. We have Pandora. I mean, there's just so many options. And Spotify somehow keeps its users engaged and constantly acquires new users. Yeah. And I mean, they compete with Amazon too. Oh yeah. Amazon Music. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. It's crazy. So If you have paid any attention over the last few weeks to your social media feed, you could not miss the fact that almost everyone and their mothers were sharing snippets of their Spotify wrapped to social media. Did you like share yours? Have you seen yours? No. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Okay. It is the most fun thing and the craziest thing. There's a million memes about it. Spotify Wrapped is essentially a compilation of like your entire year of music with Spotify. So they really customize it to you. And on TikTok, it's gone super viral this year as it has for the past few years, but especially this year. 
there's a compilation I found of all these TikTok users and like their excitement about their Spotify wrapped coming out. And then like the realization of some of the moments that they're going to be finding. One girl, she posted a video that said, and her name was Julia's Happy. She wrote, vibing because Spotify wrapped comes out soon. And then in the next minute, she goes, remembering the deep Hamilton phase I went through over the summer. Because like Spotify wrapped is going to take into account everything you listen to. And like, if she listened to Hamilton for like on repeat for three months in the summer, like that's going to be all over her wrapped. And like, oh my God. you have these like moments when you're like, oh shit, like my kids sometimes really mess up my wrapped. Oh, well, Wes gets so mad because I messed up his. And it's like, they do customized playlist for him and he's like don't put your songs on my Spotify because it screws my like playlist up totally so every year since 2015 Spotify has curated a fun end of year wrap up of its like users music listening habits into a shareable format that creates major FOMO for non-Spotify users yeah and like you want to share it when it comes out like it's it just feels like Spotify knows you and you you want to share it with the world. Okay. So Spotify originally released their first iteration of the Wrapped campaign in 2015, and they called it the Year in Music. And it was, like I said, a personalized marketing experience for users to look back through their last 365 days via the songs and artists that they listen to the most. Spotify Wrapped has now become an annual tradition because they clearly saw in 2015, like, this is working. People are sharing it. And, like, we need to keep using this. And it comes out every December. Like, people wait. It's like a gift delivered to their Spotify every December. And typically, it includes, like, the five musicians a user has listened to the most often, the songs that they listen to the most often, and their favorite music genres. This year, it included, like, your mood like oh based on the, mo- the music you listen to and a number of other things. It also includes information about activity on the Spotify platform, like as a whole, and fun and random stats that create these like super shareable moments and make users feel like this inhuman platform gets them more than their best friend. Like oh it gosh. knows them inside out because your music really is like a true tell <laughs> about you as a person. Right? Yeah. Your music habits. So My most listened to song, according to my Wrapped, was Sunday Best by The Surfaces, and I spent nearly 20,000 minutes listening to music. So while Spotify Wrapped is commonly referred to as an annual collection of data, it actually really only pulls data from January 1st to October 31st of any given year. Because, like, it has to stop somewhere to, like, start creating these. Yeah. So, like, you always miss out on November and December. Isn't that weird? Oh, weird. Yeah. I guess it's good because then it never pulls in all my Christmas music. It'd be like Casey Musgrave's Christmas album on demand. I listen to it like 58,000 times every Christmas. Um, But in general, this concept is brilliant in my humble opinion. And I think it's brilliant because it's totally personal. Spotify Wrapped is one of the best examples I've ever seen, actually, of personalized marketing in the past decade or maybe ever. Well, I think it's so cute how what it says, like... This is what you'd be playing when. Exactly. This one, like the Thomas Rhett song came up when it'd be like hopeless romantic in the rain. Yep. Like that's so cute. Totally. So for those that don't really know, I mean, personalized marketing is typically the practice of using analytics to make like advertising messages and product experiences feel like really unique to the customer. And it's hard to do that. You know, like even with real data, it's hard to do that in a non-creepy way. But somehow Spotify does it. Oh my God. So the first year Spotify launched the Wrapped campaign, it actually didn't go viral. 
It included stats about like the most played songs and how many hours you listened, but nothing about that really made it shareable. So it was cool data for you to see as a user, yeah. but like why would you share it, right? Then in 2017, Spotify amped it up and released users wrapped campaigns along with customizable fun graphics and like a lot more flair. And this made users just want to brag about their musical moments throughout the year. And they started then in 2017, really sharing them all over social media. And this kind of personalized marketing most definitely creates brand loyalty. And in that case, I think it also helped Spotify gain a lot more brand awareness. Even though chances are good people knew about Spotify, if you had already started on Pandora or like had a subscription elsewhere, you probably weren't thinking about converting. Well, it's funny because my mom only has Pandora. And when I go to her house, I'm like, we'll play this song. And she, I don't know if she doesn't pay for the paper. I don't know. But like, we can't just pick a song. You have to listen to like your station. You can't skip so many if you do unpaid. And I'm sure Spotify is the same way too. I have a paid subscription, so I don't even know. But those users who started sharing their wrapped campaigns in 2017, they reached their friends, like I said, who probably weren't Spotify users yet. And they created FOMO. I mean, the somewhat simple campaign made up of a compilation of user data really allowed Spotify to show users like how the company had been able to provide a valuable streaming experience for them that year. It reminded them of like just all those moments that Spotify was there with them throughout the year. Good moments, bad moments, all of those moments. And that recapped it for them. And that makes people feel like heard. Yeah, I know. I feel like you if you feel like so when it's personalized, it's it makes you feel so much better about the brand. Oh, totally. So if you think about it, it's kind of weird that like we love this campaign because yeah. we complain and a lot of people complain about how all of these apps and sites have access to our data and like we want privacy. But yet Spotify takes our data, puts it into like a pretty package that makes it super fun and shareable and we're like, "Yes!" yes! share it. It's my gift. Like, isn't that just kind of weird? Yeah. It's interesting. Most people don't freak out about that. There is some, I'll talk about some of the backlash, but it's when you, when it's done in the right way, you can use personalized data Data. to market. That's crazy. It's just all about how you do it. But Um, if it was like your Facebook data, people flip out. Oh my God. They flip their shit. Yeah. And one of the coolest things that makes Spotify wrapped like such an amazing non-traditional marketing campaign is that it focuses on you, like a user's music, a user's data, like a user's year in recap. It's not about Spotify at, at all. all. Yeah, It's totally about the customer and it works so well. In fact, that it's like being copied left and right. I mean, just earlier this month, I saw an article on TechCrunch that said Reddit is rolling out like personalized end of year recaps with stats and about habits, and I'm sure they're going to do it funny, and they probably want it to be shareable. I got this morning an Instagram recap, and it was horrible. It was actually oh like, God. it was an Instagram story recap, and it had like six stories of like the lamest moments. I was like, come on, Instagram. I love the iTunes rap one that they send. See, everyone says it's not nearly as good as Spotify. Oh, no, I, no sorry, not iTunes, um, iPhoto. Oh, Like yeah, the picture yeah, yeah. ones that they do. Yeah, totally. I know, I love those. They put them into like albums or like yeah. moments or something. It is fun to get those. Because so many users share their Spotify wrapped results on social media, the campaign has seriously become insanely viral and so successful. I mean, these users are marketing for the brand. It's like the dream. People powered. It is. And it's like, 
Spotify did lead this. So they purposely, I am hesitant to say like people power because usually people powered is like when they create a movement on their own. On their own, yeah. But like Spotify started it so smartly, but made it feel like it wasn't marketing. It was just like a little gift wrapped up for, for you, you and you do what you wish with it, but you should probably brag. And yeah. everyone brags. I mean, if any brand can create content that is so cool that a user wants to share it like automatically, I mean, that's a win. Oh, totally. Huge win. It's a huge win. And this campaign, I mean, directly contributed to that insane growth that I talked about earlier from like 2015 to today. And it really like started this flywheel effect that we always talk about in marketing when like you just, it all of a sudden picks up speed and like it literally can't stop. It just goes faster and faster and it they keep acquiring customers because this just works. And think about how many years have you been a Spotify customer? At least five. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was late. I was Pandora for a long time. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't even know. So I've been paying them for a long time. Yeah. The other reason that I think this campaign works so well is like the timing of it. Yeah. Like it comes out at the end of the year and most people are like, thinking about their year in review. They're like reflecting, they're set their goal setting. They're like strategizing for the year ahead. And when they think back over the past year, they're really reminded of the music that was the soundtrack of their year. Yeah. Music plays a big role in at least my life. I think a lot of people's lives. I mean, I wake up with a song every day in my head. Every day. And so there's something I think almost subconscious that happens there. Like, when they're giving you that year recap and you're reflecting. And again, like Spotify is a part of your life. I mean, music's been a part of my life forever. Like my parents were always listening to music when I was younger. I mean, music, we we don't want to watch a lot of TV here, but always have music, always have music on. And it's so crazy because I'll hear songs and it like brings you back to that moment. Like that you can, and it brings like emotion and it's memories and it's so crazy. I also love how, I can, and I bet you can do this too, like I can choose to put myself in a memory by playing a song. I can Me be like, too. I want to remember this. I want to feel in this moment. I want to remember this feeling and I'll play a song just to like be back in that moment for two minutes and 30 seconds. That's so crazy. <laughs> it is cool though. So this year, Spotify changed up a few things about their wrapped campaign and some are really cool and some have gotten a little flack. Okay. Okay. So I'm excited for you later to like go through all yours because- You'll see what I'm talking about. The one thing they did that is actually really cool is they added in a level of personalization from some of the top artists that like you or I have listened to. Yeah. So my example is kind of bad because it's due to my kids hijacking my Spotify. But like you'll see you have a Spotify wrapped playlist that they've made for you of all your top songs. And one of my top songs happens to be the Tones and I Dance Monkey because of my freaking kids playing it 47,000 times. I mean, it's a good song. But when you hear it 47,000 times, like it, it's not one of my tops, okay? But anyways, so the Tones and I are there, like they're in my playlist. And so I'm listening to my playlist the other day and suddenly the Tones and I, like the chick, I don't know her name, comes on and it's like, Hi. she's I think she's British or something. And she's like, thanks guys for making me in your top playlist. Like I'm so honored and thanks for like loving our music. And it was like a personalized oh, message. That's cool. So like Spotify got certain artists. So like you probably have at least one in your wrapped of an artist that you listened to that like thanked in general you personally. On that note, I'm so pumped to see like how cool would it be if they next year or in the future take it to the next level? Like couldn't they use AI or some kind of technology to like 
insert my name and be like, yeah, Melissa. Like, what if like this like year, kind of like the cameo thing a little bit. Yes, yeah, this year I listened to Morgan Wallen a ton. I love country. If he could pop on and be like, Melissa, thank you for loving my music this year. I'd be like, ugh. I mean, I don't care if it's a robotic voice, like whatever. It just feels yeah. like it's him, but they could do it. Or what if, what if they put on, if you were in, because they tell you the percentage, like I'm probably in Morgan Wallen's top 5% of his like fans across the world, let's yeah. just say, because I listened so much. What if they put on a virtual concert for that top one or top 5% of fans? That would be awesome. Or like a, a virtual like meet and greet. Like that is how they could level it up and add new personalization next year. I think there's so many possibilities. So many cool things. You know, but I liked how they did that this year. It wasn't like super personal, but it it was like a fun surprise. On the flip side, Spotify really tried like really hard, like A for effort Spotify to appeal to Gen Z. And we know that Gen Z, and we know because I have a Gen Z child, my oldest is um, barely Gen Z. And we have a lot of employees who are Gen Z. And like, if you try too hard to be cool, like you are the anti-cool. Cool. <laughs> you like are my jerk dance yesterday. Oh my God. That was, we had to, our employees were making a TikTok and they asked us to do the jerk. Like it's a dance move, I think from TikTok. Yeah. And <laughs> it was bad. It's like the backwards running man. But and it's not. It's like supposed to be way more like low key and cool. And we were so spastic. Jerry actually nailed it. Oh my God. <laughs> but Apparently, like I said, you have to like just be the perfect amount of cool to appeal to Gen Z. And if you look at your wrapped this year, you'll see like all of these buzzwords and TikTok trending phrases like you always understood the assignment. And the Gen Zers are like, uh, come on, come don't on, don't be so lame. Um, another phrase you might see is like, while everyone else was trying to figure out NFTs, you were listening to blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Um, they just like, it reminds me, remember that Paul Rudd video from oh, um, yeah, the, like the, the mask up campaign for the state of New York that we covered in the COVID roundup? Like it was so cheesy. And there are so many cheesy things you'll see in your Spotify wrapped that oh like we probably laugh at because we're old millennials, but like they're probably like, they're like, oh my God, oh my God, stop. You're like a lame old mom trying to be cool. Like that's what oh I feel like Spotify God, is. That's sad. I know. So there was a really good article in the New York Times that was titled, When Did Spotify Rap to Get So Chatty? And there's this comedian. His name's Rajet Suresh. He's 26, and he is quoted in the article. He actually, like, was one of the many people online who were joking about, like, how Spotify was really trying hard to lean into this playful language and buzzwords. And he created his own, like, meme on Twitter. Okay. And this is what it read. It was, like, making fun of Spotify. In 2021, you were not canceled. Bye, Felicia. You got your Fauci ouchie, and that's got the whole wide world shook. And then alongside with the image of, he just was like trying to make fun of like the language that Spotify was using. And along with that image, he added a question like, why does Spotify talk like this? Like he was just so confused. And he said that it's cool that Spotify like knows all about him. But like this year's roundup was like a little too far reaching. And he felt like the brand was trying to be human. Yeah. But like in the brand's defense, I think it's way better when a brand tries to be human. Like, don't you want yeah, to humanize want your brand? Human brands. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, his comments super funny and it got a million likes and is hilarious. But like, I think it's cool that Spotify tried really hard to be like human. Yeah, I agree. There is also the concern for some that sharing this data is an invasion of privacy. 
there was a writer for The Independent. Her name's Christy Major, and she published an article titled, Is It Me or Is Spotify's Latest Campaign Creepy, Voyeuristic, and a Little Mean? Oh, my God. Um, Never can please everyone. I know. And the article called out that the company, like, basically was being intrusive, and they were, like, trolling through people's private listening habits and selling it back to us. Like, no. No. They're not. So I totally disagree. I feel like if you're the person complaining about Spotify totally customizing like your music and your you audio preference to you, yeah, like like what? Some people are just unhappy in the world. I know. But and also they just like, need to write negative. Just don't things. share it. Like if you get your wrapped, like enjoy it personally and don't share it. Like no one's asking you to. Like I just I, I'm confused. But anyways, I think overall Spotify is crushing it with that wrapped campaign and like doing all the right things to get users to share data and like create FOMO and just keep them coming back to that platform, you know? Yeah. Next campaign. Spotify says, thanks, 2016. It's been weird. Okay? Yep. If you remember, the end of 2016 was heralded as one of the worst years ever. I mean, millions of people on social media were just creating all these viral memes to express like how much they hated the year. But little did 2016 know how shitty 2020 would be. Like, 2016 was nothing compared to 2020. But everyone thought 2016 was the worst year ever. Okay? Okay. So this campaign in 2016 featured different versions of -of out-of-home ads in 14 markets. And the messaging was localized to each of these individual markets. Okay. So Alexis, I sent you a few ads over. Can you read them for me? Sure. One says, Dear person who played... Sorry, 42 times on Valentine's Day. What did you do? Thanks, 2016. It's been weird. (laughs) Oh, my God. Another one says, Dear person in the theater district who listened to the Hamilton soundtrack 5,376 times this year, can you get us tickets? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Oh, my God. There was another one that read, oh, there was a UK one that read, Dear 3,749 people who streamed, it's the end of the world as we know it. The day of the Brexit vote. Hang in there. Oh my God. And then one more I have to read. Actually, there's two more like events. Okay. To the 1,234 guys who loved the girls' night playlist this year. We love you. Oh my God. That's awesome. (laughs) And then, dear person in LA who listened to the Forever Alone playlist for four hours on Valentine's Day. You okay? (laughs) I mean, they ended all of these like outdoor ads with thanks 2016. It's been weird. And it just got awesome attention. I fucking love this. I love it. It is so creative. And the ads were actually developed by Spotify's internal creative team. Isn't that cool? That's cool. No agency. Their CMO. I don't know if he still is, but at the time it was Seth Farbman. He said that Spotify has turned the debate about whether like big data is muting creativity and marketing on its head. And he said that for Spotify, data is inspired and gives an insight into like the emotion people are expressing. And they totally turned that into ads. Yeah, that's so cool. It is. The campaign was carried out through print ads, social media, like online. It was everywhere. And the ads were bold. They were colorful. And they just grabbed your attention. Not to mention the fact that like you don't expect to see a Spotify ad. Yeah. Right? Like as in billboard or like 
you know, maybe like a you expect to see a digital Spotify ad, ad, but like out of home or you hear don't. it. Yeah, yeah, that's so, so weird. like it's people definitely like were like what, and then it, they were so funny and so just spot on that it worked. I love it. That campaign was shared on social media nearly seven hundred thousand times and oh resulted God. in one point two million earned media impressions. Wow. Yeah. There's a marketing firm called YouGov that analyzed the impact of this campaign, and they said that this campaign resulted in the rising word-of-mouth exposure score for Spotify among 18 to 34-year-olds, like, by five points. So, like, a lot on their scale. Okay. Another campaign they did in 2017, and this one piggybacked off of the success of the Thanks 2016 It's Been Weird campaign. So this was the hashtag goals. Campaign. Do you remember this one? Yeah. Okay. So that hashtag was like really popular in 2017, but it's always popular now. I think yeah, like everyone, everyone uses, uses it. it. During the Christmas season of 2017, Spotify launched a campaign that highlighted goals for 2018. It was all about music. And of course, as usual, it revealed the habits of Spotify listeners in like a hilarious way. Okay. Once again, the campaign was all like concepted and created in-house, which like is not usual. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Usually, because well, like, they know their brand, they know they're like. I think it's smart. Yeah, they probably just have some uber creative people on their marketing team, which is awesome. But this campaign focused on anonymously releasing its user data in a comedic way, and once again, it used out of home ads and digital ads, and it kind of like made fun of its users. Okay. So the ads read things like "2018 goals." Eat vegan brisket with the person who made the playlist called Leftist Elitist Snowflake Barbecue. What? Oh my God. Yeah, the playlist names are so funny. Well, people make them. I know. I love them. Another one said 2018 goals. Take a page from the 3,445 people who streamed the Boozy Brunch playlist on a Wednesday this year. Oh my God. And finally, 2018 goals. Be as loving as the person who put 48 Ed Sheeran songs on their I Love Ginger's playlist. Oh my God. It just made fun of these people. And these statements were paired with quotes from like famous music artists like Ed Sheeran, Kendrick Lamar, and Adele. And the ads were like vibrant pink, red, and green. And they really stood out like from anything else on the market. Like it looked like nothing you've seen before. Yeah. Um, and it was really a just a cool way to give people something to smile about. And it was so shareable. Oh my God. We need to do this for Serendipit. Because have you heard the Serendipit playlist? Yeah. Oh my God. It's brutal. But we should have everyone like name a playlist and put together a playlist like each week. That oh, would be yeah. hilarious. That would be so fun. Smartly, Spotify launched a promotion around this campaign as well for new customers, and it was an offer. So basically, if you were a new customer, you could pay 99 cents for your first three months of premium services with no ads, and like you got then like the access to more music. And because of all of this, the campaign was a huge success. There was an increase in subscribers, increase in brand awareness, and revenue tripled in Q1 of 2018. And then they went public in Q2. So like it was a really good time for all that growth. And the campaign and that offer really like helped skyrocket the brand. I wonder if they like have fallout. Because think about it. Like once you – Like why would you Why would you cancel? Right? Like what's their attrition? I think if anything you would cancel premium if like money was – Like if you were like trying to save money for a while and just go to free. Like why would you leave the platform? I don't know. That's why I'm just like, that's why their model's freaking brilliant. I bet they have like the lowest attrition rate ever. You're probably right. But before we wrap it up, we have to address the major thorn in Spotify's side. And that 
is artist compensation. I mean, it's tricky. You know, Spotify has gone under fire since its inception about artist royalties. I mean, or actually the lack thereof, artist royalties. I'm sure you know this, but most artists like make jack from streaming anywhere. Yeah. And on Spotify included. It's not like when someone buys a CD or like buys a download of a song where like you own the copy of that music. So basically that artist would get like a fixed price per album or per song. That's how they make money, right? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, in this case, we're renting the music. So Spotify pays royalties based on the artist's market share. And that market share is made up of the number of streams for their songs as a proportion of total songs streamed on the service. Okay? Interesting. So Spotify pays out approximately 70% of its total revenue to rights holders who then pay the artists based on their individual agreements. I mean, a million artists have just criticized this. Most There's no- some artists that won't even be on it, right? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I think now most are on it, but like Taylor Swift, for example, in 2014, she withdrew her music totally from the platform. And then she got back on in 2017, like to make a statement. And I think in that process, Spotify did change their model a little bit. Yeah. But Spotify pays less than a cent. Like they pay, the average is like 0.004 cents per stream. So do they like actively, because I always wonder, because sometimes like I'll go see a band like locally and they'll be on Spotify. Like, do they seek out artists? Do you submit? Like, how so does it work? That's what I was going to talk about. The paying artists is a problem, but here's the flip side that's so cool. Anybody can be on Spotify. Like, you, as a new artist, back in the day, you had to get signed, you had to get a record deal, like you had to get your music on the radio. Now, you could legit, I'm sure there's some hoops to jump through, but create a song. Please don't though. <laughs> God, <laughs> please never want to hear me sing. And like you could get it on Spotify and all of a sudden you can access these millions and millions of users and potentially like find an audience. Yeah. So like there is a benefit to opening a platform like this. Like yes, the payments are not super fair, um, but there's opportunity. And I think artists are making money in so many creative ways, but like the market had to adapt to the user and this is how users want to get music. So like artists have to then adapt their model, you know? And they get paid so much. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Instead of making a billion, maybe they'll make like a hundred million. Yeah. I mean, and the true thing is, you know, you listen to Spotify or whatever, but Artists make so much off their concerts. And, yeah, and, and, and obviously, their, like, their we're royalties. Only, when we talk everything. about that, we're only talking about the big artists. Like, you know, we're talking, I'm talking about like, the headliners and the Taylor Swifts who make endless dollars. And I don't feel so bad for them. But like the small people, like it sucks, you yeah. know? But also, it's exposure. But it's exposure to get them more people. And what's better than listening on Spotify? A live show. Like, oh, totally. I mean, come on. They have a cool thing. I actually haven't checked it out in a while where it's like, unplugged basically so spotify would have artists come into their own recording studio and like record a live version of a, of a song just oh, for spotify cool. and so like it's really cool you know yeah i think overall spotify totally crushes it when it comes to marketing and i think they've just created this demand for streaming music and like you said people are not leaving their platform i was gonna say they've created this like whole new way of consuming music yeah and like Their marketing is fluid, it's constantly changing, and they use real data, and they have that at their fingertips to get users excited to market for them. Again, like, that's the dream. And when brands can do that right, and, like, they can share in the right way and use that data, it's so freaking smart. What's next, Spotify? Metaverse concerts. Yes, I'm sure they're already doing it. I mean, gosh, but... 
What do you think, Lex? I, I mean, I love Spotify. I'm like, was a promoter for a long time. And anyone that had Pandora was like, oh, you have Pandora? <laughs> Get Spotify. <laughs> so funny. I hope they, I can't wait to see like if they do a cool ad campaign from this year's Wrapped or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching because they're so creative and fun. I really well, like it. I love it. It will stick. It will stick. Okay. Let me just thank a few of my sources. The Guardian's article titled Oversharing, How Napster Nearly Killed the Music Industry by Eamon Ford in 2019 was great. Fast Company's The Definitive Timeline of Spotify's Critic-Defying Journey to Rule Music by David Lidsky was really good. Uh, Vox had a great article titled Spotify Wrapped Unwrapped by Kelly Powell from earlier this month. And Forbes article titled Spotify Rolls Out New Wrapped Campaign to Help Users Remember Their Decade of Music by Marty Swant from 2019 was also helpful. Awesome. So great episode, Melissa. And guess what, everyone? You can listen to Will It Stick on Spotify. Yes, you can. And also thank you to all the people who like tagged us because you in the wrapped, it ta- it like showed your top podcast and we were in so many people's top podcasts. I know, I love it. It was so fun. So we appreciate and we're so thankful for you. Thank you. So please, 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 if you love what you hear, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share Will It Stick with all your friends and make sure that it's one of your top podcasts on your Spotify playlist. Yes, pretty please. And we hope you have a merry... Christmas, happy holiday, all the celebrating. Just enjoy your week with your family. And I don't know. I hope Santa's good to you. I hope Santa's good to you. Probably not for you, Lex. You are I'm getting whole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.